Welcome everyone, this is Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. This radio ministry is sponsored by Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship, the Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. If you're looking for a place to give that is taking the gospel in direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, then consider Church Partnership Evangelism, will you? You can learn more about how God is using us and how to donate by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Our lesson today begins as an overview of the reforming kings of Judah, and the title of the lesson is Reformation Without Renewal. What we'll see is that the history of the nation of Judah will give us pause if we think that all we need is a social, political, ethical, or even spiritual reformation. Much more is needed, or much worse lies ahead of us. 2 Kings 22 and 23 and 2 Chronicles 34 and 35 record the last good king to rule over the nation of Judah. It gives us the record of Josiah. Josiah, King Josiah, sets out to have the temple purged and cleansed from all of the idols and all of the altars that have been established in the temple in Jerusalem to be directing worship towards false gods. He has men go into the temple to cleanse out the temple in order that that temple might once again become a place where the one true God of all Israel and all the earth would be worshipped. And during this time of cleansing, as they're removing the rubble and all that is accumulated in that place, that holy place, the word of God, as it is written by Moses, is found by Hilkiah the priest. Hilkiah the priest, actually we'll read, takes that word and he presents it to a secretary a secretary to King Josiah, and he tells the secretary, this is the word of the Lord. And the secretary takes that word that he receives from Hilkiah and brings it back to Josiah. And the secretary says to Josiah, here is a book that was given to me by Hilkiah. Just kind of interesting. We're not in the habit of referring to the word of the Lord in our day and age as Here's a book that you can read. But it has come to such a place that it was lost, and now that it's retrieved, they don't even have a designation for it, other than to refer to it in the most generic of ways. And we're told at that time that the secretary begins reading the word to Josiah, and as he is reading the word that is written by Moses to Josiah, Josiah tears his clothes, and he says... Great is the wrath of the Lord that has been kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. And from that point on, Josiah intensifies the effort to lead his nation back to God through a great reformation project. The priest who had been appointed by other kings to lead the nation in the worship of demonic gods are slain under Josiah. The places of worship that were established for the worship of these false gods are torn down and utterly defiled with the bones and the ashes of these priests. The people then of all of Judah are brought before the reading of the word in Jerusalem and the hearing of the reading of the word as it is written by Moses. Josiah at that time makes a public covenant to God before all the people. And the covenant he gives is that he will walk after the Lord and keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes 
with all of his heart and with all of his soul and perform the words of this covenant that are written in this book. And he declares it before all the people in Jerusalem. And then Josiah requires all the people to stand up to the covenant and to make the covenant as well. The ESV in 2 Kings chapter 2, 23, verse 3, presents it in a little softer fashion. There it says, all the people joined in the covenant. In other words, they said, yes, we'll do it too. We'll do what Josiah is saying. Out of the time in which Judah was separated from Israel, there were 19 kings that ruled over it. If you want to record and consider that all these kings come from David himself, we might say that there was 21 with David and with Solomon, 22 if you add in Saul, King Saul, that ruled over the house of Judah and over the kingdom of Judah. Of those 19 kings that rule once the kingdoms are separated, of those 19 kings over Judah, nine of them were good kings. Of those nine, five of them carried out works of reformation after a time of national, moral, and spiritual laxity or even apostasy. These five reformers are Asa, Jehoshaphat, Joash, Hezekiah, and Josiah. Of these five reformers, two of these reformers, Asa and Joash, themselves turn away from God in their old age after they conduct their reformations. Two of them do. Of the other three reforming good kings, they each had wicked sons who followed after them who went about destroying nearly all the good that they had done and reverting back the nation back to the time of darkness that preceded these reformations. Of all these good reformer kings, not one was so faithful or went so far in his attempt to set the nation aright in its worship of God than did Josiah. The greatest Reformation of religious life in the history of the kings of Judah, including those rules of David and Solomon himself, took place in this last Reformation under King Josiah. Stanley Ellison, who comments on this, writes this, quote, No more dedicated effort was made than that of young Josiah, who almost single-handedly turned the nation from idolatry and political chaos to a time of purging and prosperity, the like of which the nation had not seen since Samuel. It was during this religious and political reformation of Josiah that Jeremiah the prophet began his career. Jeremiah will carry on his ministry from that period of national reformation under King Josiah until all the successive kings of Judah are either led away into captivity in Babylon or slain by the Babylonians. He will witness the nation move from this greatest of all national reformations down a 20-year grade into devastating judgment and banishment from the land and exile into Babylon. It's quite stunning when you think about it. When you think that from the highest and greatest reformation 20 years later, the nation is exiled in Babylon. It's a curious thing if you study the Reformation periods of Judah that they're almost always followed by a greater following away shortly thereafter. The advance is less significant, it seems, at times at least, or appears to be, than the retreat that takes place after it. 
And so it was in the days of Josiah. Actually, if you read through the writings of Jeremiah as he continues to write about the life and the spiritual life that takes place under the successive kings after Josiah and the judgment that comes upon the nation, you'll see that for the most part, the people of the Jews and the people of Judah at that time keep up appearances and they hold on to the notion that the reformation of Josiah has stood them in a place of promise before God where they're untouchable. And nothing bad is going to happen to us, even when the reality is that they're rapidly moving to a time of great national judgment from God. And so, with all that in mind, I'd like to make some observations, and that's basically what we're going to do this morning. I'd like to make some points of application on how we're to think about these accounts, and how we're to think about even the reformations that God brings to lands, and the reformation that God brought to the land of Israel and this one that God brought under Josiah. So here's the first thing that I want to note to you. It's this. I want to be careful not to downplay these moments of reformation and their significance. In fact, I would say this. God is doing something significant in these reformations. God is at work. God is at work through Asa, and God is at work through Hezekiah, and God is at work through Josiah and these other kings that lead reformation. In these reformations, and in this reformation under Josiah, God is giving the Jews in the land an atmosphere in which they can see how He would bless them if only they would turn to Him in full repentance and obedience. Under Josiah's reformation, the nation of Judah will reach expressions of power and influence that were unknown to them for over 250 years. You have to go all the way back to the time of Solomon before they had expressions of such power and such greatness. And under this brief period of reformation, as the people are being brought back, conformed to the will of God under Josiah, God gives them a little glimpse. God shows them what prominence and what power and blessing He's willing to pour out upon those who repent and turn to Him in brokenness. God also in these reformations is raising up for the people individuals whose turning to God is so personally dynamic that it provides a light to them and a guiding influence for their day. Josiah's devotion to God was a sincere and real work and a work of God for all the people to see and learn from and desire for themselves. They were to look and see the heart of Josiah, and they were to say, us too, us too. But they were to mean it. And God was giving them an example of how he in power and grace can turn people to themselves. And God is using this Reformation time to establish his truth so that it will provide information in ages long after this time passes by. In other words, what God is doing in reforming and bringing reformation under Josiah is going to inform and going to be a point of blessing for successive generations that come along later. Let me give you an example. The reforms of Josiah will lay the groundwork for the retention of God's word and the instruction of God's word when the people of Judah are led away captive into Babylon. Just prior to the time of Josiah, they had lost the word altogether. 
it had become a generic thing. They didn't even know how to describe it or entitle it. And now God brings that word to them and restores it to them and he gives it to them. And although they're not faithful to it, that word remains now rooted in the minds and hearts of the people so that in Babylon, they come to that word and in Babylon, the synagogue schools begin. In Babylon, the scribal tradition begins. In Babylon, we understand historically that that's where, in a sense, the canon of the Old Testament began to be accumulated and developed. And it was out of Babylon, when the people returned back to Israel, that lawyers or scribes, knowing the word of God, including Ezra, came back with the people to instruct them and lead them in the obedience to the word of God. It was actually during the time of Josiah that we could probably faithfully understand that individuals like Ezekiel and Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were influenced and where they were grounded in truth, where they continue to be voices and a presence to the exiled people. So the point here is that these reformations were a work of God and a blessing in the long run for us. Because they allowed the communication of God's truth to go forward to subsequent generations. And yet, these same reformations set up times of awful and horrific judgments. The hope that they seemed to give for a future was not capitalized upon. The opportunity that was given to the people to learn and live out a hearty repentance and obedience before God in order that they might be continually blessed was not taken up. It wasn't taken up. Instead, judgment came. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. Go to traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.